Hello, everyone, and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. We are uh, finally out of a bye week, and we are getting ready for some lacrosse this weekend in Toronto as the Toronto Rock will be home on Saturday night against the Georgia Swarm, but uh, we're going to push that off for a little bit. Uh, I am Mike Hancock, Kyle Davis with me, and we are going to talk a little bit about what has gone on over the bye week in the National Lacrosse League, some things that have kind of jumped out to uh, each of us, I'm sure. And then uh, we're going to have a couple of guests, as per usual, and then we are going to wrap things up by teeing up um, the Saturday night's game and talking about a couple other things that have gone on in Rockland, including uh, the jerseys for the March 11th game being revealed and uh, so on and so forth. But first, Katie, how are you doing? Good, good, right. good. Happy to be through the bye week and back into some Toronto Rock lacrosse action. Now, the East, as a result of uh, this past weekend's results, is incredibly tight now, and everybody is uh, top to bottom. I think it's one and a half games out are the Georgia Swarm, who sit last in the division right now, technically, but they're only at four and five, so it's uh, everything is even tighter, I think, than what it looks like in the standings, which is really weird, but... Overall, on the league side, I'm starting to think, you know, we've had two teams here that have kind of separated themselves from everybody else, and one is at the top in Saskatchewan, and the other is at the bottom in Vancouver. After that, you know, everybody's kind of had their little runs here. New England got off to the good start. Rochester's bounced back the last couple of weeks. Uh, the Rock, obviously, we had our four-game winning streak. Um, and who am I forgetting? New England, Buffalo, Rush. Yeah, so that's everybody. Everybody seems to have had their little run, except maybe the Georgia Swarm, right? And maybe that's a little something to worry about. But anyways, my big thing here is is that nobody has really established themselves as maybe the number two team in the league yet. Agree or disagree with that? I agree with that 100%. But you, you look at – we talk about it – every week on here that someone's you know they had a week they're they're here or they, they've established themselves and then they lay an egg or someone else steps up we, we look at you know Ella Rochester right now just kind of stepping up we had them dead to the water in a way um, but for the league from a league perspective I think that's that's good that you know it's going to come down we're going to have some great playoff races down the stretch uh, there's going to be some great divisional matchups uh, teed up. You know, Toronto into Buffalo, we talk about down the stretch. You know, Rochester, I'm sure, is going to have New England or Georgia or or who, whoever there. But uh, I think from a league perspective, it, it's great. From a, you know, a team, a fan, a brass perspective, it's you got to be scratching your head. What's going on here? Like every other week, it's like we talk about it. It's, it's something new. You think, uh, you know, you're here or, or you've set up something here and you're in a good spot and all of a sudden, you know, someone rallies off three in a row or you drop a couple in a row and it just tightens right back up again. So let's jump around the league and uh, dive briefly into what happened in the other games this past weekend. So the uh, we'll start with the overtime game, the New England Black Wolves, Vancouver Stealth. New England wins at 12-11. Steph LeBlanc, former Toronto Rock, he plays hero with the overtime winner. Um, you look at these two teams and both of these teams needed this win equally. Vancouver at 1-10. I mean, I don't know if you saw some of the postgame audio. Andrew Suter was pretty animated and kind of said that he's got to stop, you know, making uh, – they kind of have to stop making excuses for themselves and just kind of win. You know, it's, it's just time to forget about losing almost and it's just time to win. Um, 
you know, they're back of the pack now. Like, let's face it, this is quite a mountain to climb. Not mathematically out, I guess, but is there any chance that the Vancouver Stealth kind of rescue their season here and, and go on any kind of a run here? Or is this, are they unfortunately just playing out the string here? I don't think there's any chance or there's they haven't shown anything to to show or to show they can come out of it. I mean, I didn't see Suter's clips and I'm sure that's been going on behind the scenes for a while now. No saying we got to just put this aside, put this aside. I don't know if does it have more meaning cuz you say it in public. I like I, I don't know. The reality is though they haven't stopped the losing though, yeah, right? That's so true. regardless how much you say it um in a scenario like that, it's your actions on the floor are obviously you know, doing more of the talking than than just coming out post game after yet another loss. And I mean, do you take small steps here? Albeit, you know, you're in overtime. From a New England perspective, they've kind of been struggling a bit too. Should they feel good about? Obviously, you get getting a win, you feel good about any win. But at the same time, they took the one in ten uh, Vancouver the Van- Vancouver Stealth. Sorry, the one in ten Vancouver Stealth took them to to overtime, right? So wonder, I guess, where does that come into play is obviously you want the win you got your result but realistic if you're new england you're probably sitting there saying this should not be an overtime right now very true very true now the rochester nighthawks the other team that has been uh well i guess like i said it's been their turn i guess recently to go on a little bit of a run they end up handing it to the bandits you know pretty handily i guess if that (laughs) makes sense but you know buffalo was the team they were the red hot team they were the flavor of the week they'd won all these games they say they're a powerhouse they're this they're that Rochester goes into Buffalo and beats them 17-10. You know, so much talk about Buffalo's goaltending. Somebody's cemented themselves. Maybe they haven't. You know, you got both goaltenders end up playing. Um, I, I don't know. Joey, Joey Resteris has the big game. But, you know, maybe even before – or sorry, we'll get to the Dan Dawson trade after this. But just your thoughts maybe on the Nighthawks. And, and again, what does this game mean? Does it mean Rochester's found – found their way here and they are legit they still have one of if not the best goalies in the game between the pipes which can be a great equalizer on many a night but have they found their way is this a hiccup for buffalo is buffalo the team that you know had been on such a roll and had been hot or were were these the real bandits were was this the real bandits goaltending that we saw as well yeah i think it's basically as advertised there you know Rochester, to get a read on them so far throughout the year, it's they're kind of hit and miss. They started hot, uh, you know, scoring 20-plus goals or whatever it was a game, then went on a real skid. Obviously, they're hot again now. Uh, with them in particular, you know, you mentioned we'll get to the trade. Maybe it's just the, the offensive just finally coming together. They got the right mix, but I don't think, you know, they're as good as they probably are right now or they're as bad as they were when they went on that skid after going 2-0 and to start the season probably somewhere in the middle but you know still got the best goaltender in the league or arguably in the league or in the world however you want to look at it that having him back there you know he's back there that's uh probably goes a long way for the the, the confidence in the in the group in front of you and I think Buffalo is exactly as, as advertised they're going to win some games. They're going to lose some games. But the big question mark is between the pipes and who's stopping the ball tonight. And <laughs> Troy can pick whoever he wants, but is he going to stop the ball that <laughs> night? It's and sometimes yeah. it's worked. Sometimes it hasn't. And it's just a matter of you know finding some consistency between the between the net there. 
And a, a last thought here on Buffalo and Vancouver, and side note from the games, but earlier in the season, Warrior Lacrosse put together a, a short, uh, I guess, mini doc, I guess you could say, on the Buffalo Vancouver game from earlier in the season. Warrior Lacrosse put it out, I think, uh, within the last day or so through their social channels. It's up on YouTube. Definitely worth a watch for sure. It's some good behind the scenes stuff. So, the trade. The Rochester Nighthawks. Dan Dawson misses a game on February the 13th in Georgia due to work commitments. Uh, Rochester wins. Rochester then goes ahead and scratches Dan Dawson for the next two games. They win. They win. And then this week they pull the trigger on a trade, sending Dan Dawson to the Saskatchewan rush for a pair of draft picks, a second and a third. Um, Dan Dawson had not been uh, producing at the clip that we're used to seeing him produce at anyways when he was in his prime. But um, I don't know. I really, again, I don't know what to make of this trade. It was great. I mean, Saskatchewan, you know, great timing for the rush because Curtis Knight is out now. So there's a righty out of the lineup. Dan Dawson slides in. I don't know if you slide in a player like Dan Dawson or not because that's a, it's a big piece. It's a big slide. It, it really is a big, big piece. So, um, do we, did they say what the night injury was yet? Has I have not seen anything on it. I don't know how up? long it's going to be. Um, oh. I did not see uh, when or if he got hurt, if it was just something that came out of the game specifically or uh, something they've been nagging or whatnot. So not clear on that. But I think, you know, this could be the rich getting richer, you know, with Saskatchewan. And with Rochester – you know, Dawson has been a big piece there for the last few years, won a couple of championships. Um, but as Kurt Steyer has kind of said in his quotes, Rochester owner and GM, uh, you know, they've played lights out the last three games, and this was something they needed to do for Dan, for everything he's done. It's not fair to have him sit out. But he did make the comment, you know, we can't have our cake and eat it too. And I wonder, you know, they played really well the last three games, but this is where I go back to, What's the real Rochester team here? Is it what we've seen? And again, the old small sample size or the new flavor of the week term, recency bias. Yeah. <laughs> if that, you know, if that almost, fa- if the recency bias factors into that decision to trade Dawson and that it's not, we ride this out and then, you know what, we put Dawson back in the lineup. Well, I, I don't know. Like, this, it's going to be very interesting. I feel like to see how this plays out. For sure. Because you hope. From Rochester perspective, you know they don't hit a skid, and all of a sudden, uh, we need a you know a veteran leadership. We need <laughs> yeah. a, the right sides a disaster. We could yeah. really use a Dan Dawson, right? So you hope that doesn't happen. But tech, like if you look look back to what Rochester did starting before last season at the drop, they yep. made they got rid of some people. They made a decision that we are going younger. Whether you know this happened you know, when it did or next or in the off season, this was kind of coming though down the pipeline, I would yep. say. Don't you think yeah, they had I that agree. I agree. they had that in their head? And so maybe I mean I'm sure they didn't do a rational it, the people involved in Rochester talked about this, obviously felt this was the time they could get a couple picks. You know, we have won three in a row. What is and realistically I know everyone that is playing in the league, obviously the the goal is to win the championship. Coming into the season was that a realistic expectation from Rochester? Probably not the same expectation as it would have been for Saskatchewan, say, or right, or, or Georgia, Georgia or yeah. whoever in Toronto Rock here. Realistically, I think yep. coming in, 
so you know you gain a couple picks you let some younger guy you still move that process along of getting younger guys in getting them playing time getting them experience i don't think it's it's terrible i think it, for both sides and dan who's got a proven record track record in this league he's won everywhere he get he goes sorry gets an opportunity to most likely represent the west in the you know the nll championship final there unless you know something happens but right now they're the team to beat and it's it's crazy how a guy who's in the press box literally a week ago is now going to be sliding into the number one team in the league's lineup yeah here. and you look at joey reciteritz now is on top of the league and scoring as a 14 point game and Yes, you know, he and, and Mark Matthews are up there and they've both played two more games than our own Adam Jones here in Toronto, which we'll see that start to kind of even itself out here in the next little bit because Jonesy, I think, is only five points behind them. But um, I just don't do you throw all of your eggs in the Joe Reseteritz basket right now. Pearl. I mean, I feel like that's what Rochester's done here, but is that – Again, I still keep feeling like like everything has happened this season. Everything's just kind of evened out over time, right? A guy's been hot. A team's been hot. And then suddenly everything kind of comes back to earth or it starts to just correct itself a little bit. That kind of puts everybody back into the middle of the road, you know? And is, is Joe Resetera, it's a guy who can be or is a number one righty on a team in this league. Uh, yeah, no, it's a great question. Well, like, Hazen there has obviously got, you know, familiar with him. Uh, he won a man cup with him in Brampton, actually, where Joey was a big part of an offense that consisted of Dan, ironically. Um, but I don't think Joe Rezateris is going to putting up 14, let alone even 10 points a night here by any means. Uh, I agree. I do think he's going to settle down, probably cool off, because that is a pretty warm stick from this past weekend. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, has he ever been given the opportunity to maybe be a gut? Like, he's always been a secondary third piece on a right side, correct? Yeah, I mean, that's a very good point, too. And, you know, there's a, an American guy from New York State who made the, you know, commitment to come up and play box across in the summer and to get better and, and to play Brampton Major, like you said. And, and he came back from, from like junior. Junior, yeah. About. And his older brother, I remember Frank Reseteritz yep. actually started before that, uh, I think in Niagara Junior B. So, um, you know, these guys, they've, or maybe it was Spartan. I can't remember now. One of them was, anyways, in that area in Junior B and then worked their way up. So um, it's, I, I just, I don't know. I really don't know how this plays out for Rochester. And not that I think Dan Dawson is, you know, at the point in his career where he's going to be producing 80, 90 point seasons. But again, who knows, you know, if he gets plugged into the right spot there. Oh. In Sask, if we're not talking about after their next game that, oh, Dan walked in and put up nine or 10 points, and oh boy. You look at right, it, yeah. If, like if he gets comfortable there, and yeah, things start really moving and shaking for him. Even if he's not putting up, you know, nine or ten, but just finds a good, a good role where he can yeah. work with Matthews, with Church, with who, you know whomever it is, and and they can find something there that has the potential to uh, to be dangerous for the rest of the league. Were you a member of that Brampton Man Cup team when uh, <laughs> Joey Resteris won? Went. It was a call up. Yeah. For the one out west. That's right, I thought so. So it was a call up, but right, just not, sure not, everybody a full, knows. not a full on member, though. 
You got a ring, right? Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's as full on as it gets. All right. Um, final game to talk about, Saskatchewan, Calgary. Uh, I guess we've talked a lot about Sask already. Uh, but a pretty close game. Calgary, I think, showing that they're for real uh, to limit uh, the rush to just 10 goals. And like we say, everything's just uh, everything's just that much uh, tighter, I think, after another week. And I think, you know, Calgary, I think you do have to sit there and say, I think like you said, um, you know, before we started this, that they're they're clearly part of the conversation right now. Yeah, they are. That was another team we've, or I kind of written off. I guess I'm terrible on what goes on here. <laughs> but I, I, the way they started, just the offense wasn't clicking. They had some goaltending issues. Uh, you know, they couldn't, even this past weekend, I know they, they only scored six. Sask, you're not going to win a game with six. Sask is obviously what we've talked about, but to allow them to only score 10, I think, I, like, they were in the game there, obviously. It's uh, almost a win. Uh, well, yeah. Really, if like, you, a little you, bit. You want to take small victories away from yeah. something, like we talk about Vancouver. Yeah, they were in the game, and if you're, you know, a couple weeks ago, they were tied for last with Vancouver. We're talking about who's going to come out of Vancouver, Calgary. Yeah. And now a couple weeks later, they've they've played a, a good game with, uh, you know, the top team that everyone's chasing. I think they, they are in the pack. We just mentioned, I know games played aren't the same, but they're one win behind us in Toronto here. They're tied with the amount of wins in Georgia. Yeah. They've, you know, pulled it around. And you talk about saving a season. I think that's something that, that they have done here and uh, good for them. All right. Okay, well, that wraps up kind of our uh, trip around the league to get things started. We will take a short break here on the podcast. And when we come back, join in studio. It'll be our own little coach's corner, I guess we could maybe start to call it. Something like that. Uh, We will have the Toronto Rock head coach in studio with us, Matt Sawyer. Stay with us. Don't go anywhere. We know you really can't. So just pause with us for a moment. And Matt Sawyer will be our guest in a moment. He say one for the trouble, two for the time. Come on, girls, let's rock that. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock and Kyle Davis with you, and we welcome in the studio Toronto Rock head coach Matt Sawyer. Matty, how you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Um, you're welcome, first of all. And secondly, uh, we had a bye week. Strategy has been, as of late, no practice on the bye week, double up on the game weeks after the bye week. Uh Obviously, you guys think this is something that has been successful. Maybe uh, just tell us a little bit about why and uh, why you've done it, why you think it's uh, had some success here. Well, I think we mentioned before when we talked about it, just trying to maximize the uh, um, the time that you're allowed on the on the floor, right? So, going into the bye, we had a um, you know a tough game in uh, in Georgia and a hard fought game, and you come back off of that one with the flight and have a practice the following Tuesday, which wouldn't be likely overly productive so uh, we just made the call to give the guys a week off feels a good time here um you know midpoint through the season the bike comes at a good time uh take the week off and then we'll uh, double up here on tuesday and friday and roll into the game against georgia so really it's um nothing more than just trying to maximize the the time we have that we're allowed on the floor is this kind of an ideal matchup for you, though, coming off the bye week? The fact you just played this team, you get some time to rest up and prepare to see the same team kind of again 14 days later? Well, certainly, um, you know, we're uh, we're very familiar with them, and um, you know, uh, 
Um, nobody had a good uh, taste in their mouth after the uh, the last game. It was a, a hard-fought game, and, and um, you know we get another opportunity at them real quick. So I don't know if it's an ideal matchup. It's the matchup we have, and we're going to try to make it ideal. Now, last game was the first uh, without Tom Schreiber in the lineup. This will be the second, obviously, this weekend. Um, Want to talk a little bit about uh, you know anybody in particular that you think stepped up? Maybe we can start with Dan Lintner, who's maybe the uh, on the surface the obvious one because he gets plugged in the lineup offensively as Tom comes out. Uh, maybe let's start there and just what you thought of uh, Dan Lintner's game after not playing for a little while. Yeah, it was good to see uh, Dan get that opportunity and uh, nice to see the way the game started for him. Uh, he had our uh, our first goal and we we're real clicking. Uh, we we're clicking early on, uh, real good, and he was a part of that. So. Um, you know he's been off for a while, almost a couple of months here, so it's going to take him some time to uh, to get comfortable. But um, you know, um, early results are encouraging, and we you know we feel we know what we're getting with Dan, and, and uh, he's somebody who's able to put the ball in the net. But he does a lot of little things, and he's a, a good spark plug for us up there. He's good at getting loose balls, and um, you know he fit right in. Having said that, it's not up to him to uh, pick up. Uh, the um, you know the slack that we uh, lose uh, in losing Tommy. It's um, you know we're we're it's the whole team. We have to get better. Everybody has to get better and kind of uh, you know um, improve their game and and uh, collectively we uh, all pick up the slack for Tom. You mentioned there you, you know came out of the gate hot and went went on a run and so much of this game is about runs and I wanted to ask you from a coaching perspective and obviously you know the players as well mindset in terms of. How do you prepare? You know, like each team goes on their runs. You know, George is going to go on a run. It's almost like you you can't really do anything about it in a way that other than you know stay stay true to your systems and whatnot. But you know they're getting a couple, you know, three, four, and the quarter ended six, five. How do you? prepare how do you try and balance that I guess you more so try to limit it I guess well yeah you, you try to limit it and um, you know your mindset's got to be throughout the game and, and you know these guys have all played a lot of lacrosse so they realize what's going to happen and you try not to get too high um, like uh, um, you know when things are going good like I think we scored five goals in the first six minutes and uh, um, you just try to keep um, you know an even keel uh, mentality out there and, and realize that it's going to be a full 60 minutes and those swings are going to come and go now it would have been nice, um, you know, I think um, we are up 5 nothing, and four and a half minutes later it was 6-5. So you like to try to uh, <laughs> slow that down a little bit. Um, you realize their run's going to come, but uh, it kind of came all at once. And then, um, you know, after that happened, you saw the game kind of settle in and kind of, um, you know, it was just a one goal uh, each way back and forth. And uh, unfortunately for us, they connected on their uh, their last opportunity we we certainly had our own to uh, to put that game away and I think at 13-12 we're shorthanded and we had a uh, had a breakaway there was an opportunity there and and then uh, even uh, when the game was tied down the stretch I thought we had the better opportunities and Mike Poulin played real well and um, you know they got one in overtime. And stepping away from Georgia uh, and more of a league or an Eastern Conference thing from a coach, uh, how much are you tracking what's, you know, Georgia, not Georgia, sorry, Rochester, New England, the other teams in the East are doing on your bye week and even throughout the year? Or is it so you're so dialed into the Toronto Rock bubble when, you know, you're playing that you don't really get a chance to catch these uh, these other games or, or track them as much? Well, um, you know, I, we, we talk a lot about just, uh, you know, worrying about ourselves and worrying about our own performance. But, uh, you know, we're all fans of the game as well. And, and you're always watching the, um, uh, the standings and, and what uh, is happening, especially with other Eastern teams and when they're playing. So when, 
Um, you know, when we're on our bye week, you're definitely pulling for the Western teams when, when they're playing uh, the Eastern um, teams. And, um, you know, so it's uh, something that we're definitely aware of. And, uh, you know, you, um, you look at the East and it's a bunch right up, right? You got three teams, four losses, one with five, one with six. And I think this is where you start uh, focusing on that. Oh, we're turning into the back half of the season at the same point, um, you know, you're not looking for help from anybody else. We just believe that if we uh, we are good and we um, get the wins that uh, we should get, we're going to be fine. But uh, no, you're aware of it for sure. Now we've talked a lot about uh, this on the podcast already today about how a couple of teams have separated themselves. Uh, sorry out there if it sounds like a broken record here for people listening to the podcast, but that you know Saskatchewan at the top, Vancouver at the bottom. And maybe you've kind of alluded a little bit to this in your last answer, but what do you think it's going to be that's going to separate the other seven teams really in the league from each other? And who or what is it going to take to, you know, at least climb up to that second rung on the ladder in the league? Well, um, you know, focus on the East first there uh, because that's, um, you know, that's who we're competing against. And I don't know if anybody's really going to pull away, to be honest. Um, you know, everybody's playing each other down the stretch and lots of uh, Eastern Conference games between uh, between divisional rivals. So you you need to uh, you need to stack up wins when they're there and when they're um, when they're available. And, and you don't want to go into a stretch where where you're uh, losing too many in a row because you can find yourself, uh, you know, in two weeks you can be at the top of the East and then you can be down at the bottom. That's how quick it can change. So I don't know if you'll see anybody pull a, pull away. You want to try to win the games you can, especially against Eastern Conference opponents. You want to try to uh, control the tiebreakers and, um, you know, get your Eastern uh, Conference record as good as possible. Now, I know you – I want to swing back to the Georgia game just for a minute because I know you – have really tried to temper my excitement about the offense at different times throughout this year and that you know 20 goals are coming every night and I thought but was there even a little piece of you Maddie that when the team got up five nothing six minutes in that thought oh baby we, <laughs> we might be on here tonight was there a little piece well um you know it uh, it was good to see that's for <laughs> sure and we're okay. always talking about uh, starting strong and um, to see us come out of the gate like that in the first game without Tom, it was uh, it was encouraging. But uh, having said that, you can see how quickly it can go the other way, yes. which it did in that game. Um, you know, we um, I've said all along we like our offense and and we'll take uh, uh, the 15 to 20 goals any night. But that's uh, that's not our goal, and, and our goal out there is to be a complete team in in all areas and um, you know get better each and every week. But uh, it was encouraging to see and. Uh, we have to find a way to uh, maintain that throughout the first 60 because, uh, you know, would we score eight in uh, the next, uh, whatever, 56, 57 minutes. So we need to be better there. And looking at the total goal total, again, you know, is 13 goals for kind of a danger zone in this league? Do you think sometimes, like, it, going into the night, you maybe think, oh, you know, if our goaltending's good, we keep them to 10 or 11, we put up 13, we're probably going to win. But I feel like a lot of times at 11, 12, 13 goals – almost ends up being a bit of a danger zone for teams and it's not quite enough to put the other guys away yeah um you know obviously we, we would have liked to have one more that night but um you know i don't know if it's a, a danger area but it, you know when you go into a game and if you're looking at it okay if we put 13 up and you know we can allow uh, 10 or 11 that's kind of um you know, uh, you'll hear a lot of coaches and a lot of teams uh, talk about that, but for me, that's really that's simplifying things. You know, each and every game is uh, is different, and 
on some nights, uh, you know, 10 goals may be enough. And uh, you've seen that uh, this past weekend when, uh, you know, goals and uh, scoring overall was down. So each and every night is different. You need to be able to adapt on the fly and um, you just need to be good enough in, in all areas. So, you know, we'd love to allow uh, 10 and under each and every game and, and get to 15. But, um, you know, that's not the reality. And, and we just try to uh, um, score one more than the uh, opposition. That's very well put. I try. <laughs> now, it's been a month since the team's been at home. How great is it going to be back to uh, or to get back to the ACC here on Saturday night? Yeah, we're looking uh, looking forward to it and, uh, you know, get a chance to play back in uh, in our home arena in front of our home fans and, um, you know, should be another good one. Uh, we've played uh, Georgia three times here in the uh, regular season the last two years and each game's gone to overtime and, um, you know, so a three-goal difference in, in those three games and I wouldn't expect any different on Saturday night. So we're excited about it and, we realize we have a uh, real good opponent coming in, and we're anxious to get back at it. There you go, KD. Just record that little clip of the last three games going overtime. Put that on the phones. Automatic yeah, exactly. ticket sales. That's sales. Automatic right ticket there. sales. Yeah. All right, Maddie. Well, uh, thanks a lot for doing this. Best of luck on uh, Saturday night, and uh, of course, we'll chat again soon. Thanks, guys. All right, that was Toronto Rock head coach Matt Sawyer. We'll take a short break, and we'll be back with Challen Rogers in a moment. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Joining us now in studio is, uh, I think he's kind of become our number one guest, eh, KD? He is. He is. Challen Rogers joins us in studio. Challen, how you doing? Wonderful. How are you? I'm I'm doing well, but you know what? Before we get into anything lacrosse, we've got to talk Big Brother Celebrity. Oh, and I'm... Pissed. I, yeah, that's a good way to put it because I just, I feel like the last two incarnations of Big Brother, and maybe even the last three... And on the American side, they have all been. If somebody played a really strong game and got other guys out, everybody's just bitter. Yeah, they lose. And so it's like you can't, like you can't play well almost and win. Yeah, you just have to be a flow floater. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's actually ridiculous. And the it's fact annoying. that even like in Marissa's speech, if anybody missed this, but Marissa was the winner of Big Brother Celebrity. She beat Ross. In the final, I think most people know Ross Matthews probably more than some of the people that were on that show. But, um, like, she said, I wouldn't be here <laughs> without, without Ross. Ross. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it, you saw it in the, the normal one with Paul losing yeah. in the final when he... Two years in a row for Paul, yeah. he got stung, though, right? Like, everyone in the house, after watching the video, they were like, yeah, Paul did this. We are aligned with Paul. Paul is aligned with the entire house. Yeah. But I guess so is Ross. Ross was aligned with the entire house. And then get to the final and just some bitter people who just don't get it. The thing is, I love the show and I will keep watching it. But I, I might just do away with the finale and just say, you know what? I, I know who won. Yeah. Whoever <laughs> should win probably loses. Yeah. KD, any thoughts on this? Did you uh, watch? Not, not, not a big brother, not the biggest big brother guy, but I, I did track it a little bit. That one seemed to fly by, though. No, like, yeah, not being fully into yeah. it. Like, that seemed to. Only 11 you know, people in the house, accelerated schedule. Yeah, like three I couldn't, weeks. Couldn't keep up yeah. with it, but uh, going, I did watch that Paul one last year or last season, whatever that yeah. was, and I, I thought he just played the game. Yeah. Like, but so people well. are mad. People are mad at him, though. Too well. Yeah. Um, and then we got Big Brother Canada coming up here in a week, right? Can't say I've ever seen a single episode of Big Brother Canada. Get out of here, really? Yeah, no. 
started with Big Brother America, and I just <coughs> I can't wow. you know, watch that one. Julie Chen, you know, she sets the bar. She does set the bar. <laughs> she does. <laughs> Arissa Cox, the host of Big Brother Canada, little known fact, resides in Georgetown, Ontario, my hometown. Oh yeah. Yeah. The wife saw Arissa at the uh, superstore doing the groceries the other day. Just hey, yeah, how we've you run doing? into her at Canadian Tire, like <laughs> all over the place. In Georgia. It's kind of neat. And, and like during while the show's been going on, and I've, I've wanted to walk up to her before and try to get some dirt on what's going on, but it's kind of like you've let a legit, her have her time, a right? Legit well, yeah, source you know. in your backyard. Yeah, exactly. Running around with her kids at the superstore in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, all right, let's dial it into some lacrosse. Uh, the team coming off a of bye week here. Um, no practice last week. This has been something a little bit new this year where, for the most part, the team has canceled practices on bye weeks. How has that uh, played into your preparations? Uh, I mean, it's good. It gives the body uh, a little rest. I mean, we're not fully resting. We're still staying in shape, trying to work out and, uh, you know, maintain where we're at, if not getting better. But uh, it's definitely it's nice to, <clears throat> you know, relax and, uh, you know, just let the body heal up. That's good. Chellen, with the you know the bye week there, obviously you said it's good let the body heal up and whatnot. But I, I was always wondering this from a player's perspective, coming off a tough loss, the mindset to, to going into a bye week. Do you want to personally? I think I'd want to just get back at it the following week to kind of redeem yourself or you know get back in the win column. How is it? But you know, soaking two weeks off or I guess two weeks of non-games and then just having that fresh in your mind. I think that would be wear on you a bit. I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's nice. Uh, I think maybe last year we we may have had a loss and we played the next day and ended up getting a, a, a win. But, yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's not that hard to get motivated again to play the same team we just lost to in overtime. Um, but, I mean, yeah, the boys are motivated and we just want to get out there and get a, get a big win. And going back to last year and even this first game, it seems like every time you play Georgia, this thing's – destined to go to overtime <laughs> it's a, destined to be a tight game uh you wouldn't expect anything less this there this upcoming weekend would you no i mean they have a potent offense we have a potent offense you know both defenses uh you hold their own and um i mean yeah it's it's bound to be a close game tight one and i uh, you know like always hopefully we come out with uh with a win now, how hard is it to defend this offense uh, of Georgia's, especially adding in a wrinkle, I guess you could say, but somebody you guys have faced last year with Jordan Hall and uh, just what he brings to the game. And then you've also got a guy like Shane Jackson on that side who, you know, just seems to be a real slippery guy to check at times. Is, that, uh, is this one of the toughest offenses to play against in the league? Absolutely. I mean, anyone on that uh, offensive side can can shoot and score. Um, and yeah, adding adding uh, Jordan Hall, he's just savvy vet and he knows how to put the ball in the net, which which we saw uh, I guess two weeks ago. And um, you know, we just have to be a little bit tighter on D and uh, you know just play our game. Now, what happened? Because <clears throat> we didn't get a chance to talk to you last week after the game, but um, what happened in your mind when the team got up as big as they did early? But then it just seemed, anyways, from watching it at home, like I was doing, when Georgia scored those two goals, it seemed to really suck a little bit of the life out of the rock. I felt, anyways. Did you did you feel that that two-goal kind of little mini-run, even though they made it closer after that, but did you feel that that was almost a bit of a shift in the game early? Or, you know, it didn't feel like, I guess what I'm trying to say, is that the 5 the nothing and the 5-2 lead especially didn't quite feel 
feel as big as it actually was on the scoreboard. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously the sport of lacrosse is, is a big game of runs, and we had our run early, and then they got their run, and, um, you know, you saw it, it settled down, and, uh, you know, uh, both teams settled into it and, and started playing their game, and, um, I mean, how it ended is how it ended. <laughs> you don't want to talk about how it ended? No. No, okay. <laughs> um, now, in this league, we've also talked about you know, already on this show about how, you know, it seems like there's been a couple of teams that have separated themselves right now. Vancouver maybe at the bottom, Saskatchewan at the top of the league, and then you've kind of got everybody else in a mix of somebody trying to establish themselves maybe as the second-best team. But, you know, having played on good teams in junior and whatnot coming up where a lot of times you don't want to say things were a foregone conclusion, but you play a lot of regular season games where you're probably blowing out other teams and you've kind of always been on that side of it. And now every single game is such a grind. Like how much more challenging, I mean, you talk about just everybody's better in general, but just how much more challenging is it maybe mentally that, you know, every week you go in and you really do have to be in the mindset that if you don't play really well, you're not going to win. Yeah, I mean, you said it right there. If we don't play our game, we don't play to the best of our ability, you know, we could be the team getting blown out, right? So um, it, it really is just going out there and, and doing all the little things right and, uh, you know, playing playing to the best of your ability. And, uh, you know, if everyone's doing that, then um, hopefully, you know, we can string together a win. Everyone's doing their part. One last one for me here, Chalon. Uh I know you're, you know, on the defensive side. Tom's on the offensive side. You're obviously still in the room. What's the been the messaging, you know, when a big key piece like that goes down? I know, lot, like last year, for instance, you didn't have Hellier for the full year. This year, Tom goes down mid-season. Obviously, you know, everyone by committee, you, ha you have confidence in the next guy to slide in. But, uh, you, you know, coming off a tight game from the outside perspective, it's kind of one of those, like, Tom is a, a bit of a game-breaker. Maybe could have changed that game a little bit for its fortunes last time. What's kind of the message in the room and kind of the mindset when you lose a top player like that middle of the season? Yeah, I mean, Shrabs is, you know, he was the MVP in the MLL, and he's an unreal player on the floor. But, um, you know, Lindner came in, and, you know, he did what he does. He crashed and banged, scored some scored some big goals for us. And, um, you know, it is it is the next man up. He's been practicing really hard, like he's going to be playing every week. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, Tom went down, but uh, everyone on the team had full confidence in Lindner going in there and doing what he does and bringing everything um, you know, he has to, to our team and helping us out. Now, just before we let you go here, I want to ask you about the uh, charity jersey unveil. You got to be the uh, the male model for the yeah. uh, <laughs> unveiling of the new jerseys. Uh, what did you think of the setup? Loved it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the jerseys we had last year were crazy cool, Yeah. Um, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. Um, you know, having Whipper on there and, and Doily – uh, and then, I mean, it just it looks awesome. I'm lucky enough to be the first one to wear it. That's good. That's <laughs> good. All right. So, yeah, we'll uh, look forward to seeing everybody in those jerseys on Sunday, March 11th. But uh, before that, of course, Saturday night against Georgia. Uh, Challen, thanks a lot for joining us again, and best of luck on Saturday night. Thank you. All right. That was Toronto Rock defender Challen Rogers. We'll take a short break here on Toronto Rock Total Access and be back to wrap it up in a moment.
Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock and Kyle Davis here to wrap things up here on another overly stimulating episode of Toronto Rock Total Access. I don't even know what that means, but it's been a good one. We are going to uh, jump right into buying or selling before we start talking about this weekend's matchup. So what I'm going to do is throw three statements out there, essentially, and KD is going to tell me if he's buying it, which means he thinks it's going to happen, or if he's selling it, not going to happen. All right, so right off the top, will because there's been obviously a big trade here this past week with Dan Dawson going to Saskatchewan. We've seen Johnny Palace get moved. Saw Steph LeBlanc get moved. There have been some big players moved here in season, which is a little bit out of the norm here in the National Lacrosse League. So will we see any more big names moved before the March 19th NLL trade deadline, KD? I am buying that. I do think there will be some more uh, transactions involving some some bigger names or more familiar names. You know, whether it be I don't know expansion. You you got Vancouver at one and ten. I don't, who knows what they're doing, looking for the future. You got, and we've even seen it with Dan. You know, all of a sudden he's just out of the lineup and something else you know pops up or or whatnot. So I'm not exactly sure what the reasoning will be, but I think the way this has transpired with you you know the names you mentioned i think there will be another big name on the move at some point here before the deadline all right i have to agree with you there i think we're gonna have to do our trade bait list of our own here maybe the next couple of weeks i like it (laughs) all right uh next one up on the board here two or more teams in the east will finish with identical records I think I'm going to buy that as well. I mean, I'm not sure other than Toronto who everyone has left matchup-wise and head-to-head, but uh, this thing is tight, and I don't see why it would change down the stretch here. You know, everyone's beating everyone. Someone's going to go on a run. Someone's going to lose a couple, and then it, it will flip-flop, a, you know, a couple weeks later. So I, I'm not sure where it's going to be, if it's going to be at the top or, you know, maybe a battle for the last playoff spot goes to, a, like, a tiebreaker scenario. But uh, I'm going to buy that there will be two or more teams. I think two is the number that got me, but uh, yeah, buy And it will be interesting to see how this plays out because, you know, those head-to-head matchups in the East are what is going to break those ties. And right now, you know, if the Rock can get this win on Saturday, it's going to put themselves in very good position here heading into this matchup with New England uh, with a couple of games in a row. But Toronto could get into a spot where they were in position to almost lock down those tiebreakers with everybody Which be in huge. the East if, of course, they can get this game on Saturday. If they don't, there is no way they will be able to get the tiebreaker against Georgia. All right, and the final one, Joe Reseteritz, American-born player at the top of the National Lacrosse League standings – or, sorry, scoring – Everybody has talked a lot about that maybe Tom Schreiber would be the guy to lead the NLL in scoring as an American, but are you buying or selling that it will be Joe Russ Terrence? I am going to sell that. You know, you just straight math, you got to take the field on that. I, You know, he had a 14-point night to vault him into that position. I don't think that's going to be the norm for him. Rochester's obviously rolling right now. Things are going well, but I don't think uh, – you know, he's just going to be able to maintain that. And also, the headline will say one day Tom Schreiber, Toronto Rock, American, leads the league before it says Joe Rezateris, in my opinion. And maybe the bigger question is here, and I know we've talked so much about, you know, who knows, maybe where where Shrives will end up point-wise here. But, you know, if he is back, you know, on on schedule here, 
at the end of March. What kind of damage is he going to be able to do? Is he going to be able to finish ahead of Joe Resteter? It's still in scoring. Yeah. Now, that would mean Resteter would have to cool off a lot, a lot. It's and Tom wouldn't have to get hot, but... I, I don't see it happening, especially... You know, with Joe, I'm assuming now going to get more, a lot more touches on the yep. right side, obviously. So he could cool off, but, you know, have five more looks or six more looks a night where his cooling off is still a couple more going in just because of the amount yep. of touches he's getting. Um, I think it'll be tough, a bit of a stretch, but interesting debate. All right, so that wraps up buying or selling. We'll move uh, right into chatting about this Saturday night's game. This is a rematch from a couple of weeks ago where Georgia pulled off the 14-13 overtime win over the Toronto Rock in Duluth, Georgia. This time back on Toronto Rock home soil. The perhaps little benefit that the Rock have, even though both teams are coming off of a bye week, or maybe it's not a benefit, but that Georgia does play at home the night before against Colorado, so they'll be traveling on Saturday getting into Toronto probably mid-afternoon and then having to play Saturday night. So we'll see how that affects them. But, you know, you know, even Challen mentioned his in his interview how last year there was a situation where the Rock played on a game they lost on the Friday night, came back, won on the Saturday. So it was, you know, back-to-back games. And the second half they were maybe better than in the first half. And sometimes I feel like, you know, a lot of people just chalk it up that, oh, well, on a back-to-back you're probably going to be worse. Right, where that isn't always the case. It's not quite as black and white as that. So, having said all that, um, you know, is there a team that has the edge here going into Saturday night, given you know both teams' records right now and the fact that the last game and the last three now regular season meetings have gone to overtime? I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say they they had necessarily have an edge. I do I do like Toronto going into this weekend. Uh, just for, for a couple different reasons. You, you know, last year they split. This year they lose a tough one uh, down in Georgia, as you mentioned. I just, you know, even though the game was that tight, I think Toronto's going to come in hungry, very hungry to to set themselves up, as you mentioned, for the tiebreaker. There's just a lot. Of, we're back at home. First home game in, you know, a, just over month. a month really yeah. here. So, I mean, we'll have the crowd back on our side. And, I mean, We've seen it work both ways. I do think Georgia coming in in the afternoon, though, is a, a slight factor. I mean, whether if Toronto, for instance, could get out to that to that big lead early, I wonder if George, like the legs fall off right there, um, you know, a scenario like that, or do they have it in them after? Who knows what happens, you know, Friday night when they're playing Colorado. That could be uh, just a battle, and you know, maybe an injury or, or whatnot. Guys, coming in banged up to say the least. Challen mentioned, you know, how much. The body appreciates a bye week, so guys will be coming in nicked up. Uh, so yeah, I'll say I think Toronto has a has a slight edge, but I do think it's going to be a a great game again. It's, you know, these guys only produce great lacrosse games, so it's uh, it's going to be fun and exciting, and looking forward to getting down there. Yeah, and we have to remember too. You know, we've talked about these overtime games from last season. I mean, Toronto was you know a heartbeat away really from winning both regular season matchups last year the game that they lost that the rock lost in toronto i mean we had latrell harris scoring the winning you know what looked like it was going to be the winning goal and then moments later it takes a penalty and didn't shane jackson score like a buzzer beater jackson yeah like scores so it's kind of like the script seems to be replaying itself over and over again so 
you know, we're talking about how great this game will be on Saturday night. Like, we're not lying here, folks. Like, this is there is proven <laughs> history here between these two teams in the last two years that this game is going to be close. It's going to be exciting. There's probably going to be some, you know, unanticipated um, twists and turns along the way here. Like, you know, you look back at just two weeks ago when these two teams played in Toronto, you know, I kind of, you know, made light of the fact with Maddie about, you know, did you think this team was going to run out and score 20 goals after you had five in the first six minutes, right? And I, you know, it, it felt that way. But then, wow, like, here comes the roller coaster. There was runs both ways, and, and then somehow we get to overtime, you know. And uh, I, you know, you, you sit there and you think, you know, you shouldn't expect anything less um, this Saturday night. So we'll get to prediction time here because we know there's some uh, ticket stuff we still want to talk about as well for this Saturday and even uh, a little bit for next Sunday as well. Um, prediction time here, KD. What do you have for a score? Uh, yeah, I have to stick with the theme that it's going to be tight down to the wire. I'm going to go Toronto 15, Georgia 13. Tight, not the overtime match we're used to, which is going to be shocker that it's not overtime, but 15-13 Toronto. I'm going to say very similar in that range, but I'm going to say 14-11. I'm going to say 14-11 Toronto. Although, like every week, there is still a little piece of me that says that if this rock offense gets going, even without Schreiber, you could pass who knows, but I think you can almost say that on the other side too with Georgia, that this, there's another team, you know, along with Saskatchewan, that is probably the only other team other than the Rush that I could say... On the other hand, it's like as an opponent, they might be the team that if they go off, they could uh, they could put up those kind of numbers. So lots of intrigue and lots of reasons to get down there on Saturday night. And not only for the lacrosse game, but if you are one of the first 5,000 people through the door, Brody Merrill bobblehead night on Saturday night. But uh, KD, I'll let you take it from here on the tickets for Saturday. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna you know pacing to be uh, if if not our best crowd of the year right there with it. Uh, lots of lower bowl tickets are are sparse and few and far between. So you you want to hop on it right now. Bobblehead first five thousand. I've seen we've talked about it here. We've seen it. Brody looks great. It's a great uh, collection piece to add. So you don't want to miss out here. A couple other things coming up. We got the charity night and maybe a little teaser for a coaches clinic on the March 30th that will be, uh, you know, is in the works getting sent out here soon. Probably by the time, quite possibly by are, the time this drops, people are, yeah. are listening to this. So that's big. Uh, but yeah, definitely Georgia, Toronto this Saturday, first home game in in a month. You wanna you wanna see this one, especially after the epic o- overtime game that just happened. So. Call us directly at 416-596-3075, and one of our ticket reps will be able to help you out on that, torontorock.com slash tickets, or hop on our website and chat uh, chat live to uh, to a rep there as well, and we can definitely get you a set up for the, uh, what should be a great tilt this Saturday. Well, and you can go a little bit further in terms of beyond the uh, tease on the coaches clinic as it'll be coming up on March 30th, but maybe just talk a little bit about the kind of the target. And uh, again, this will probably be up and live by the time you hear this, if not relatively uh, soon after that. But uh, this is something new that uh, we're trying here and we think uh, it could have some legs and is uh, of great value too, I think. For sure. It's what basically we've had a lot of chatter and throughout, you know, dealing with organizations 
uh, a demand, there's a demand for a coach's clinic, I guess. And we thought, you know, no better way to, to do this than, you know, have some of the up and coming coaches, the minor lacrosse coaches, uh, uh, even new coaches who have never, have never learned the game before, uh, you know, interact with our coaches and come out uh, March 30th. It's a uh, good Friday. So there is, it is a holiday. People are off. There's no work commitments. It's a free coaches clinic with the purchase of a $36 lower bowl ticket. So, Right there, your value is is absolutely amazing. Uh, what entitles is you get to come watch the Toronto Rock shoot around, which is an experience on its own. You know, not, not open to the public, so you could watch the coaches live in a shoot around. There's going to be a panel uh, Q and A. There's going to be an on the floor portion at the very end for uh, you know if coaches or, or individuals coming want to you know take a picture throw the ball around a bit but it's it's really wanted to get an opportunity or give a platform for my lacrosse coaches and, and people up and coming who maybe need a couple drills maybe need a little pointers or haven't had the opportunity to you know interact or ask questions regarding the game that we all love and that everyone's trying to learn and teach and grow so no better way to do it than you know learning from some of the pros so we uh, look forward to having you out for that yeah, and this is, like you say, you know, the rep coaches, I think, get a lot more uh, maybe clinical instruction, we'll say, because they have to go through all the um, coaching certification and whatnot. But, you know, house league coaches where, um, you know, maybe they don't always have an experienced person to bounce ideas off of or just, like you say, pick up some new drills and whatnot. So this is from the beginner to the experienced whomever you know you'll have a platform you'll have the ability to talk to some of the rock coaching staff and uh we'll be doing some demos like you said with some uh, coaches and players as well so it's it's going to be a great event and like uh we've said it's the first time around and i think the great thing is because we were just putting together the uh, registration form today is that we also do want to work towards tailoring this to what uh, coaches want to know about so there is a portion on the form there to fill out you know what are you looking to learn here in a coaches clinic right so um, like we say this is our first stab at it and I think it's going to be something that uh, I think is going to do great and we'll probably do these in the future as well so if you miss out on this one too bad but uh, I'm sure next year we'll uh, likely do this again but again March 30th coaches clinic and Sunday March 11th we didn't yeah there is we didn't talk about the kids free tickets yeah we but. do have a kids free uh, deal going on here it's uh, available through Ticketmaster it's it's great actually you know buy one adult get another youth free it's our kids charity game uh, afternoon Sunday matinee no excuse not to you know everyone wakes up Sunday what are we doing today you're still home for early enough for kids uh, you know I believe March breaks actually the next day so not for school but uh, you know parents got to work you're still not yeah. out late but uh, yeah kids <laughs> great free, way to kick off March break great way to kick yeah. off March break I literally a buy one adult get one youth ticket free so you can't complain these deals don't come around often so you got to jump on them while they're here Yep, so we should mention when you're going on Ticketmaster, you're going to select your seats and you're going to select for every ticket that you're purchasing where it's an adult, paid, child, free, you're going to select the kids free ticket offer, which each each of those tickets. So for example, if you're buying two adults and you have two youth age 16 and under coming with you, you would select four seats and make sure you select the offer with each one of those four seats. If you have five people with you and say three of them are adults, two of them are kids, or two are adults, three are kids, one of those five tickets would be at the full pop, and then the other 
four essentially would be as a part of the buy one get one. buy one get one offer so we know some people have had a few questions on that but the key thing is just make sure that uh you know the tickets that are purchased in pairs make sure you select the offer and uh you're off to the races and of course all Ticketmaster fees apply to all tickets purchased and to the free kids ticket all right, so uh, I think that will just about wrap things up. Oh, don't forget to register for the jersey auction as well. We talked about unveiling them, but torontorock.com slash auction. You can register for the uh, live game-worn jersey auction that will take place after the game on Sunday, March the 11th. Um, so that will get going probably around 5.30 or so after the game that starts at 3 o'clock against New England. Another huge East Divisional matchup. You want to be there for that. All right, KD, anything else to throw out? No, not not here. Just, you know, looking forward to getting through the week and getting down there Saturday. It's we've talked about it enough outside of this, you know, podcast here how how long it's felt since we've been down there and and out of game and crowd we got momentum going in the crowd, so it should be a great atmosphere for a Saturday night. Alrighty, well it's practice night, so it's time to get a little work done here before we wrap things up as well. We got guys uh, coming through the office right now signing the balls for the uh, the mystery ball purchases that will be available i guess you could say for sale that makes more sense on sunday march the 11th purchase uh an autographed toronto rock ball you'll unwrap it it will be uh, a mystery as to who it is and there will be specially marked balls that will be signed in uh different colored ink that will uh see the person who purchases it win uh some extra prizes that you will only know when you get to the game on march the 11th (laughs) All right, so that will really wrap things up. In the meantime, and in between time, for Kyle Davis, I am Mike Hancock saying that's it. That's all. Another edition of Toronto Rock Total Access is over and done with. We will chat next week.